Hey, this is Linda. Catch my show. It's all about kids and the kids and you. Bi-weekly on Saturdays at 7 p.m. Central Time starting May 21st. On this show, we will discuss issues that concern kids and adults because of things that may have happened to them when they were a kid. You can expect to hear from children and professionals discussing these common issues that they may face today. Our mission is to bring healing to children, families, and our community. Our goal is to save lives. This show will change your life. Catch my show bi-weekly on Saturday at 7 p.m. Central Time. It's all about kids and the kid in you. Welcome to It's All About Kids and the Kid That's in You. And as you know, on this show, we're all about trying to save lives. And so today, I pray that we will say something that will cause a parent to pay more attention to their child, to look closely, closer at their child, that, we'll, we'll, that they'll want to uh, just make sure that their child has a good mental foundation. Uh, today, we are so blessed to have this young man here. He has written four books. His name is Mr. Michael Merriweather. He is CEO of, how do you pronounce that? Baba Holistics. Baba Holistics. He's chairman of Black to Life. And as I said, and I'm, it's so good to say this. I know people write books all the time, but to have a brother, to have an African-American young man, to have four books, we are just so, so proud of him. My name is Linda Crystal. I am the host and the coordinator of the show, and we also have Miss Jean Jones, who is also the assistant host and coordinator of the show. So we're getting we're ready to get started and see what Mr. Merriweather has to share with us today. But just remember our mission. This show, when it comes to this show, our mission is to bring healing to children, to families, to the community, and in turn, that will cause us to have a better, better world. Because as you know, if you pay any attention to the news, we have everything that is going on in our communities. And so when God called me to do this show, I didn't want to do it, but I wanted to help children. And everybody that sit here at this table they have the same goal, and that is to help children, which is going to help families. Because, hey, children are our what? They're our future. Our future. They're our future. Yep. I used to hear people say that all the time. And I said, well, yeah, they grow up, and then they take over <laughs> what we're doing. So they're our future. Yep. So, Mr. Merriweather, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell the people. I know I've told them something about <laughs> you, but tell the people a little bit more about you. Okay. Thank you for having me on today. Uh, as she stated, uh, I'm chairman of your favorite nonprofit, Black to Life, um, owner and CEO of Baba Holistics. I didn't put on there, I'm the owner of uh, Melanin Investment Group. We're a real estate um, company. We've uh, wow. invested in three or four homes that we built in South Dallas right now, working on um, another one at the time. In, Again, because of all the issues, the logistic issues and supply issues, we're a little bit behind. But um, it's just one of those things we've been able to partner with Scotty Smith and Associates in South Dallas, a developer there who's been working there for about five years. And, you know, create a way for people to invest in those homes being built instead of paying the banks for the funds. We pay the funds and the interest out to our friends. So um, That is awesome. Yeah. On top of that, again, uh, like I said, we've written four books, one poetry books, and these three uh, children's books, which are now a stream of income for my kids. So um, just excited to be on today. I appreciate you having me. You said the magic thing. 
you're looking out for your kids because yes, yes, it's always. all about the kids. It's always about them. And so it is so impressive how you guys are giving back to the community because that's what it amounts to. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what Black to Life is about. Um, like you said, it's one of those things that um, I started reluctantly uh, with uh, four or five of my friends at the time. Um, we passed out books in um, on Skillman and Delia in Dallas uh, one Saturday afternoon. Uh, I, I requested specifically for black men to come out because I wanted the community to see black men doing something positive. Yes. Um, and so while we were doing that, um, <laughs> one of my friends, Jelani Bracey and Kenneth Presley, both of them were like, "Look, we can do this worldwide." Yep. And I was like, "Hold on, what? Like, I, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to, no." Don't be scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but um, after conversations with them and conversations with a few of my other friends in New York and Washington D.C. area, and then reaching out to our network, who again. Uh, nationwide at the time, and we've grown to be worldwide. Um, we've been You're grown to, to be what? Say world, it again. We have grown to be worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah, well, we've been able to send uh, books to Haiti, um, books Hallelujah. to uh, let's see, Jamaica, Trinidad. Um, we have networks in Nigeria where some of our friends are, you know, reading the, the students whenever we have events. So, um, yeah, we we've been. Um, really moving and shaking and, and, and allowing this thing to grow <laughs> that is that's awesome <laughs> yeah and yeah. i you know i mentioned on the sh one of the one of our other shows about how you can actually do the type of things that what you're doing and what i'm talking about is when it comes to books yeah books can take you places that, can, yep. that you'll never go yeah that that's our whole hope is making sure that um you know the the prison system is connected to that third grade literacy rate and so they model how many prisons they build off of the illiteracy of students in the third grade and so our hope is that we continue to uh, get these books out to children and change their trajectory um, yes not only open up their minds about what they can become but the data shows that once a child owns a book themselves and has a book in their home you know that opens up the world and a lot of times it, you know people complain about books and literacy when it comes to kids but most of it is access having a book with specifically a character that looks like yourself that's the reason why Jelani and I have been writing so many books on top of you know again providing you know some income for our kids but um, we noticed that doing this two years in a lot of the books that we we're passing out this the characters didn't look like the kids and we're that's talking so to teachers so yeah. so important very important very important because so, these kids want to be reflected in what they read and what they see yes yeah. yes and so because you know if if you don't have that they're looking at the book and like i don't see me yeah i can't I, how, I can't identify with what i'm seeing and so how can you say that this relates to me yeah, yeah. yeah. they can't see a future yeah it's tough they, they don't know which way to go. Yeah. And tough. a lot of them go the wrong way because of that. Yeah. Media bombards um, um, not just African Americans, but minorities, period, with yeah. negative images left and right. Um, and so hopefully, you know, we're playing a part in changing that. Like my books are specifically about things that um, my kids have done. Jelani's books that he's written, um, one of his books is about things that happen in Africa prior to African Americans being stolen and taken over here to America but wow. also um, his first book was about him becoming a father and him learning to to do those things that fathers do and accepting that role um, in both his sons and daughters lives. Because it is a role. Yeah, definitely it is a, a role. role. <laughs> and you're dealing with all the things that come up at school and in the out, out in the world, the things that are being said to them, the things they hear and they're going to come back to dad with questions. Yep, yep. So yeah, he's been able to to, to do that, and I, I I know he recently uh, partnered with a friend of ours um, and, and an NFL player to, to create a book about dreaming. And so um, yeah, they, I think uh, <laughs> we kind of got this thing on a roller coaster, but we're gonna get these books out, and, and and it's been fun to do this as well. So and what I love about it, what I love about it is that you are setting that positive solid foundation for your child. Yeah. Cause see, we can tell children all day long, I want you to do this. 
I want you to do that. But what they're doing, they're and the Bible it. talks about it, they're looking at through that eye gate. They're looking at what Dad is doing. Yep, yep. They're gonna watch you. Yeah, they're gonna watch <laughs> you, and they, and they and mimic you. And yep. not only will do they watch you, they will hold you accountable. Yeah. Yep. And they'll ask you questions. They'll say, "Well, you're telling me to do this, but I saw you do this. Yeah. Or uh, why were yep. you doing that? Yeah. And so it's it's very important. And then I like the part about the images in the book that that says a lot yeah being able to go ahead yeah that, that's being able for these children to see themselves um in certain situations like again these are all things that um i've done with my kids my daughter um who i just recently published this book she argues that this it, it's about her and i walking home from school and practicing our sight words she says that this never happened, but it, <laughs> but it, it's something we joke about all the time because, again, getting her to um, learn her sight words, we had to be creative because, you know, she's... Now explain to the audience what sight words are. Sight words are the specific words that don't look like they sound. So yeah. these, these are the foundation of what these children need in order to understand when it comes to literacy and, and reading. So, you know, these are words that we practice on a regular basis. Um, you know, she started school during COVID, so she didn't have that in-classroom um, attention that my other two had got. So when it came to reading, we had to get creative. Um, and so this is one of the things that we've kind of done. And, and it's funny, after this book, um, we've seen the trajectory in her confidence just explode when it's come to reading. I think it's Almost, yeah, you know, it's about her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she stopped. There's one page in here that, and luckily enough, Jason was able to capture this. But she loves this page in the book just because it, it's her. It, it's her. she's leaning up, up against this word, and it's all <laughs> show that to the yeah, so yeah. Cute. So, um, you know, this is one of the things that I was lucky enough to partner with Jason, who's actually. Um, NAACP Image Award nominated um, artist. Mm -hmm. um, he, his uh, web series called Trail Tunes, animated web series called Trail Tunes, um, was nominated for NAACP Image Award this last year. And, Amazing. Yep. And so he, he's he's the we talked about introverts before. He's one of those people when he he let me actually go out there to, to <laughs> L.A. And, and be around all the big wigs. So that was fun. And but. I mean, everything that he has going forward, he, he has his uh, uh, series on Quayle TV as well. And so we're looking forward to just doing bigger and bigger, better So things. as you can see, this young man is really, really <laughs> on his way. He's hooked up to some really influential people. He's now, busy. <laughs> he is busy. Now, I wanted him to bring out all of that. Now what we want to do, we want to talk about the child that's in him mm -hmm. because as great as he is today or seems today he has a past and so I want you to talk to the listening audience about when you can first remember when you were a child was it positive or what do you let's let's start off with the positive okay what do you remember that was positive when you because a lot of times when you get to be an adult and you think back it's only so much you can remember remember yeah. my mother is always amazed at different things she said you remember that and i say yeah but it was some things that affected me in a certain way yeah so let's talk about the positive okay uh what do you remember and what age were you uh about being a child most of the memories that I have center around my family. Okay. Um, and that's just because my grandparents on both sides emphasized us making sure that we spend time together as a family. So, um, like I said, there's family picnics on my father's side on a regular basis. Um, my grandmother on my mother's side uh, made sure that we, you know, ate together and, and, and did things on a regular basis together. Um, allowing all the grandkids to come over, um, sleepovers and things like that. And even when, you know, as kids we started to grow, get older, we started to move away. Like my mother and I moved away um, when I was 11 um, to go down south. But my grandmother 
on both sides made sure that they called me. My grandfather. They would, called you. They called me. My How grandfather would you? send me letters. 11, 12, um, you know, they'd send me letters. Um, just let me know, hey, I'm thinking about you. They and, were and, missing you. Yeah. Yeah, so just making and sure how, that I still had that connection to How me. important was that to get that phone call from your grandparents? It was huge. Um, just because the shock of moving and just almost feeling alone and, and not being able to truly connect with people when I first got down south. Um, I moved from Buffalo, New York to Leeton, Alabama, which is a small town. My graduating class had about 50 people in it. So um, it's a complete culture shock for me. But again, those conversations, um, my father um, made sure that he constantly, you know, caught, contacted me. He showed up at all. Like, I can't remember a graduation. So you were, you were living where and where was your father living? I was living in Alabama. My father was still living in Buffalo. And so you had a good father. Yeah, great and, father. And your father made sure that even though you moved away. He was still there. He, that still he had a kept their relationship yep. going. Yep. So. Let me add something. Let me say something about what you already said. Okay. And what I want to say to the grandparents. Grandparents, we, because I'm a grandparent, we play a big role in our grandchildren's life. And what they did was huge because they made sure that that family unit stayed connected yep. the, with the uh what family reunions, family reunions birthdays traveling, yeah. and traveling and all of that yeah. and so this grown young man sits here today and I can see the emotion in your face and talk about how important and what that meant to you yeah it's huge it's huge my this tattoo that says create um, mm -hmm. on my arm right now it, it's from a conversation that I had with my grandfather and I was reminded after I didn't get a promotion that I thought I was supposed to get. And so his idea was that um, everything that I need is inside of me and I can create it. Um, he, one of my first, mem again, first memories of him is he got this old school Jag and he was like, oh, it's nice. But what he did was he turned it into a, a limousine business. And so him and his friends running around Buffalo, you know, they pulling, they, they're pulling up in a nice Jag, you know, on Sundays and stuff. But he's like, nah, this is work. Yes. It's, I'm creating a, a stream of income off of this. So even though he worked his day job, um, you know, as a cement worker, he's doing this on the side in order to make sure that, hey, I have a basis and establish something for my family that can continue on regardless of what's going on on this side. And that's. One of the things that's when I started to get back into, all right, well, let me start, you know, other streams of income for myself and start a stream of income for my kids. So Granddaddy. Hey, yeah. Yep. Yep. So it, <laughs> I it, heard you say <laughs> yep. I heard you say that uh, the, the money from the books is a stream of income. Yep. And so that came from your granddaddy. Yeah, that came from my grandfather. Yep. So having those conversations with him. Um, just when I go to Buffalo, I just sit down and just talk to him. He Wisdom. To, yeah, he he just sit there and like, okay, well, this is what we have set up as a family. This is what I want you to do as you get older and as your, your cousins get older. This is the kind of things that I want you to look at and keep an eye on. So those conversations that I've had, you know, with my family has played a pivotal role in me becoming the man I am today. Wow, wow. Okay, so we've talked about the positive. Mm -hmm. What was the negative that impacted you uh, when you were a child? The biggest thing was my brother passing. Uh, my brother died at eight months. Um, I was about two years old around the time when he passed. Do and you remember that? I remember, I have probably two or three memories about him. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember anything specifically about like the night he passed or anything like that i do have a memory of um some of the funerals that in my life but i don't know if i had a memory of his funeral right like when he passed um around that same time i think one of my great grandparents um passed as well so i kind of i think i in my mind i think i get those two mixed up but i do know that it created a void um within my parents and we've been able to talk about it some as I've gotten older, you know, we, we speak about, okay, well, this is Marcus' birthday or this is the, you know, around the time that he passed. And so we'll bring it up around then. Um, but it's just, it's one of those things that I think about 
okay, well, what would have been different if I had this little brother? If I had somebody, you know, running yeah. around behind me, you know, yeah. looking at my every move, you know, how would that, that have changed certain things? So those things I do kind of miss, especially at pivotal moments or when I achieve certain things. You know, I wish he was here to, to kind of share that with me. Um, but I do know that because of that trauma um, and that undealt with trauma, um, I've had situations where, you know, I felt like, okay, well, this is it. This, I can just be angry. I can lash out on people. Um, I can get in. I got into fights at, in um, elementary school. And how old were you? I was uh, eight or nine. And so that's when my parents, um, when it got to a certain point and then the school had the opportunity, I started um, going to a therapist um, around that age. And so thankfully enough, that's continued on with my sister now who's a doctor in mental health but um, just encouraging me myself to kind of uh, push through and make sure I have those conversations with somebody outside of myself. So when you got in therapy when you were about eight nine years old is it something that your parents saw and say you know what we need to get him some help how did that take place? I think place? it was that on top of I believe the school probably said he's probably gonna get kicked out right. if he keeps fighting because it, right. it, it wasn't normal fights like I would you know shove a kid against a locker room I, I remember one time and we joke me and the kids joke about it now but it's not a joking matter like I think I tried to push a kid into the street um so you had a lot of anger a lot of, up. yeah a lot of anger about about this situation it's just again it, it's hurt that is undealt with and what I want to say to the parents that 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 may be listening to the show today if you all have been listening to the past shows Everyone that has come on here uh, has talked about anger. Mm -hmm. Anger, we had um, someone that talked about a child that was coming to where they work at, and this child had anger that they had not dealt with. And then we had Mr. Darian that came on the show from Hope Form, and he talked about being angry. Yeah. And so... What I would say to the to to the parents, because I'm learning myself. What I would say to the parents is that if you have a child that seems like that they are angry yeah. all the time and they tend to take it out on other people, uh, they may need to look at getting therapy for their child. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Definitely, definitely. I, I think therapy is something that helps um, you kind of put things in perspective specifically coming from a third party where you know they might not necessarily be invested and you might think that oh they have an ulterior motive of you know the information that they're giving me or the advice that they're giving me so for me that's what that was it was um an outlet of i know we for, oh so what i hear you saying is that if a loved one was trying to tell you that you needed help yeah some sometimes i you, you think like there's an alternative yeah. mode. Sometimes I, you know, I wouldn't listen. It's like, oh, you just want to get me to, right. you know, to do such and such for whatever reason. But a third party, third party, you know, they're they're coming with, you know, there's no strings attached to the advice that they give. Were you depressed? Were you anxious? What was going on? Why uh, you were angry? Depression, um, rage. Mm -hmm. When it came to, like again, like I said, it was several fights. Um, the suicide. Thought, suicidal thoughts that came to mind I think was just out of you know despair right just thinking that okay well my brother's gone like hell why, excuse me I, I why can't I leave and you, you know? still had mom yeah still had mom you still, still had, had dad. dad loving parents loving, loving parents, parents who did all that they could in the capacity that they knew yes loving grandparents but it's just one of those things that okay well this isn't going right or I keep bumping my head with this situation you know why not just give up right um and though and, and to be honest those are thoughts with everything that i have going on right now all this great stuff and these loving kids that i have on there's some time to time that i have to fight depression now and so again like i told you i still go to therapy talk I, about that talk I, about your therapy that you're getting yeah. now so i i go to therapy at the moment um and i actually just switched therapists um because i was i was talking to a lady and she was able to, to bring out some things and issues that I felt like haven't been dealt with, um, specifically um, with my mom and working on repairing that relationship 
again, as loving as my mom is, again, parents are humans, right? So yes, yes, still, we are. They're still we make mistakes. <laughs> they make mistakes, and so mm, um, they have their own wounds and things that they carry from their past. Too. Right, that's true. Right, that's so, so true. She's been able to to kind of shift and pivot me, but my my. Um, my older therapist that I used to go to, um, he's right now, he's seeing you know, my, my sons. Um, and I've, something that I've encouraged them to do, uh, my oldest on his own, at 19 is kind of, you know, there's a push and pull of things that you can and can't do. But How old is your oldest son? 19. You don't look like you. You look like you're over 19. <laughs> you still- I'm right. Like, what? <laughs> when you start early, you know, that's, that's what happens. So, But luckily enough, we've been able to. And I want to encourage other young men to do the same that you're doing as far as seeing a therapist if they have undealt with issues Mm -hmm. and so for that reason if you don't mind tell them how old you are i'm 30 oh i just had a birthday so 38 (laughs) okay so he is 38 years old the other reason why i bring that out is because every time that you look in the news and there's been a mass shooting, is it male or female? Usually males. It's usually male. And they're around that age that my son's at right now. Yes. 19, you know, it'll be 20 this year, and and it's that rage that they have undealt with. Yes. Whether, you know, that rage or that hate is farmed and cultivated into, you know, the action that they end up feeling like they have to take because they feel like this is what they're called to do or whatever. So luckily enough, um, you know, my ex-wife and I, we've been able to make sure that our divorce was amicable and that our children never see us in a position where we're showing hate towards each other. Right. Um, You know, we're we're still in my mind, and I hope there's two, you know, loving parents and and encouraging parents um, and making sure that we support them anyway. Um, I know there's times when uh, she'll call me about something that she's noticed with them. It's like, okay, well, this is your turn. You know, right. we, we tag team on certain issues because, you know, maybe this part is her strength or this part is my strength. And you recognize each other's strength. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, what I want to say to you is that I admire you. Thank you. Because I think there's a stigma about if you get a therapist, and let's just be real. Uh, uh, they'll say that black people don't believe in mental in, health, yeah, mental health or uh, getting therapists. Yeah. They also say that if you want to hide anything from a black person, you put, put it, it in a book. what? In a book. In a book. So what you're... What you're going to break all of them. Yeah. What you all, <laughs> <We're gonna break. laughs> yeah. So what, what you're doing is just great. Yeah. But let's, let's talk about this because when it comes to mental health, it is so so important and we can see it playing out now all across the country mm-hmm. they're still talking about the killing that happened at you i can't say that you evolving yeah in um, buffalo new york that that um massacre ha- happened blocks away from where my father lived so wow those are conversations that you know me and him have had specifically just him having survivor's remorse he wasn't there he typically, him and my grandmother typically go to the grocery store on Saturday morning. So, In Buffalo? Yeah, in Buffalo. So he thinks about all the time, like, well, what if we would have went? And I've had those conversations with myself. What if they would have went? Right. Morning? Well, and that the mass destruction that happened in Minneapolis. I don't know if you heard. That yep. wasn't that long ago. Yep. They destroyed buildings and burnt things down and just went crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Again, this, this, anger. Yeah. Yeah, so the the mental health um, and the idea about people understanding ways to uh, change, you know, what's going on or whatever this situation is um, and feeling, um, you know, whether they feel empowered or not of what's going on um, and and how to actually articulate that. Because, um, you know, when you have societal issues, like we talk about all the time, the what happened in Buffalo was... Um, in my opinion, in some of the conversation, was a f- failure because of the resource lack of resources in that area. Um, lack of communication. Yeah. So that now that the <clears throat> grocery store is now open, but for a long time, that area without that grocery store became a food desert, and that's typically what happens around certain areas um, where there's you know not enough resources to provide. 
Explain what you mean when you say food desert. Food deserts are specifically areas where there might not be a, you know, well enough grocery store to supply that area with the nutrients that these people need and these children need, again, relating back to the kids, in order for them to grow and become, you know, well-developed adults. Um, it's strategic. Right. Um, it's something that happens constantly in mainly minority communities because people might feel like, oh, well, they... They have McDonald's. Right. They won't purchase these fruits and stuff. When, Granted, when you look at the way the supply issues and supply chains are set up when it comes to resources and food particularly, um, there are issues and there's things that we can do and corporations can do to make sure that these communities do have these resources, but they fail to do them because it might not be the most profitable thing to do. They might still be able to make a profit. But again, we have to understand that we have to divert these resources to these areas. You know, you're exactly <laughs> right. I never knew that. Yeah. Uh, uh, He's exactly right. Today. Because you can go into one grocery store with the same name in one part of the town. And then you can go into another grocery store that has the same name as the one you left. Yeah. And what you see is totally different. It's like they... It's by design. It's by design. Yeah, Oak Cliff Veggie Project has done a great um, research, and that's how I end up knowing Ms. Rhonda, because working with Oak Cliff Veggie Project, who they pass out fresh produce um, at least twice a, a month now in South Dallas, um, I take those bags of fresh produce over to Ms. Rhonda, where she passes out to um, the unhoused community in, in uh, Fair Park. So um, it's, it's by design, and luckily enough, like all of us have been able to collaborate together and make sure that... Um, you know, I actually met players by passing out books. I was looking for a place one day to pass out books on Facebook and saw, hey, we have they had this thing that they do, uh, you know, multiple Saturdays of the month. I called them and said, hey, you mind if we showed up and pass out books? No problem. And here we are, three years later. Now um, we've done turkey giveaways. We put up uh, tiny tiny libraries. Uh, collaborate with him to put up tiny libraries. Um, at his community gardens and other spaces in South Dallas as well. So um, amazing. Are your kids involved in any of this? Do you bring I them? I I brought my daughter comes out um, every Saturday if I have her. Um, I keep, my boys are older now, so they typically they'll they'll either be on their mom's side. But if I push enough, I'll bring the boys will come out um, and they'll they'll help out as well. So you know, the, community service is important, and the, when they're young. It's yeah. so much better to teach them then because then they will carry it through yeah. their life. I think the the reason, again, we talk about as a child, mm -hmm. um, the things that I saw. So I saw how my father spoke to every person when he moved around the city of Buffalo. So whether it be a politician or, you know, somebody, a garbage man, my father's speaking. And my friends, that's one of the things my friends talk about now is, oh, man, we remember riding around with your dad. He had a music blasting, but... He had his finger up the whole time because he's talking to everybody. My yeah. father's one of those people. He's going to talk to everybody. That's how my father was. Yes, yeah. and so I carried that on. And so the things that I do, I want to make sure that I'm able to, if I have the ability to give something to somebody, that I can do it. But I, my kids see that now, hopefully, through what I'm doing. Um, and on top of that, they're able to create things of their own. So, you know whatever my daughter wants to do when she grows up with my son right now my oldest son he's an electrician um wow you know he, he he's at 19 at 19 you know we had the conversation about him going to school i knew school wasn't for him he pushed and pulled for us to drive him down to prairie view a week before school started <laughs> um he got down there and realized school wasn't for him but one of the conversations that i had with him when he decided to stop going was you you'll be all right You'll figure it out. Yeah, right. You've got to figure out what it is you want to do. Right, right. And so, like I said, now he, he he's an electrician. So, um, but it's it's great because you see the friends around him now. Some of the friends who didn't go to school, now they're going, you know, getting their electrician certification. Because well. he set that example. He's setting a trend. So yeah. So I don't exactly I don't understand. He I don't think he understands the power he has and the influence that he has within him. But that's just one of those things that it takes a while. Right. See, somebody well, to, to, do you tell him? Huh? Do you I, tell him what you see? I tell him from time to time, but again, it, it's coming from me, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it 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 yeah right it, now, it'll click eventually. But you know what? <laughs> they always remember, even if they act like they're not listening, they are. Yeah. 
and yep. later on down when he's up in his 40s he's going to come to you and say you know dad i remember yep. when you used to say this to me exactly i mean that's starting our nonprofit with one of the conversations <laughs> Um, you did so many things, my mind is going. <laughs> you know so many people, my mind is going. <laughs> but I, I did this having a conversation with my aunt about how to do this the correct way. With your having my, one of my aunts, okay, my aunt who lives in San. They Francisco. say aunt down here. Aunt. We say aunt up north. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but um, so she worked on um, Bill Gates nonprofit from time to time. Mm -hmm. um, she's a, a writer, a teacher. Um, an educator in San Francisco. You and had to be something. You have all these great people around, around me. Yeah. I mean, around you. Yeah, around me. Yeah. Yeah. So that that seeped into me sooner or later, right? But I had people that I can call. I had that network, and so hopefully my kids understand that. Hey, you got something on your heart. You have something that you want to do. Reach out to us. So they helped you find your light, and now you're sharing it with others. With others, yeah. So this is an example of creating and having a solid foundation. From what I've heard you say, even though, and this is what we need to remember, even though us as parents, us as adults, especially parents, because we are the first thing that our children see. Exactly. I talk about the Bible, how the Bible talks about in Proverbs 22, where it says raise up a child in the way they should go and when they get old they will not depart from it and we are the parents are the first thing and this is by design and the design was from God mm -hmm. because God he made man he took the the rib from the man and made woman mm -hmm. yeah. and then they came together and they got married and he told them to be fruitful and multiply yeah. and when they multiplied they had children these children, when they are born, they are looking for you for guidance. And your parents have done that. Not only have your parents done that, but your grandparents done that. Yeah. And that's the way that it needs to be. So you were set up for greatness. Yeah. The Bible you, talks about children being arrows as well, right? Yes. So if you're aiming them in the right direction, that's good. They'll hit that goal. Yes. But you have to make sure that you're in the best position as a parent and again that's why I go to mental health mental therapy and why we started Black Men Connect so those men that we talk to all the things that society might place on us and all the things that we might think is healthy or think is a way a man should act or react to certain stimuli we have mental health therapists there or mental health professionals there to teach us healthy ways to deal with things like our anger or and you proved that with your son because you allowed him to do what he wanted to do you didn't force him into something a lot of parents make that mistake oh you, i did this so you have to yep. do this yep. you let him make his own decision so your therapy has panned out for yeah. you our generation well my generation is riddled now with people who've went to school and have saddled and laden with you know student loans yes that they can't you know even utilize the degree if they decided to even finish right you know? so a bunch of people have been pushed to it and society's now realizing hey everybody's not meant to be you know such and such degree right? and the truth be told i don't know what percentage but i know it's a large percentage of people whatever they went to college for they don't they're not it. even in that field yep, they're not in that field i'm not in my field my, my well, I'm kind of back in my field because <laughs> I'm where you're supposed to I be. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be, yeah. So I did. I ended up getting an undergrad um, in marketing from Jacksonville State. Um, luckily enough, my sister was pursuing her uh, master's at the time when I moved out here to Dallas. And so she was like, look, you might as well go. I wasn't, you know, working. I love that sister. I got to her. <laughs> I've heard you say your sister. Yeah, and I like the way that you're recognizing yeah. her. Yeah, you, I got could to. you could just say, you know, I decide. People do that, you know. They won't recognize the no, person that no. actually. But you have recognized I'm your sister. not self-made at all. I, I would never say that. But I, I want to reiterate what you said. You are actually in therapy now now for mental health yes and then you're also a part of a group of men called what black men connect black men connect and we we do it virtually and we do it in person um every third wednesday at center to rise in arlington um thankful to nikki for opening up that place for us to come in um and have that platform and have that space for us to 
have these conversations. And just to want to, just to be willing to, just to not deny that, you know what, I do have some issues that are undealt with. I do need to do this. I do want to get better. Just just to be there, yep. that is awesome. Yep. And I mean, you know, we've had um, one of the therapists, a good guy, Juggernaut Therapy um, on Instagram, Pernell, um, from out of Florida. He has a large following and a, a large presence when it comes to men uh, making sure that they're prepared to be parents and prepare for anything in their life. And so he's jumped in and had conversations with us. And I think that plays an important role when we're having these conversations. And you said something very important. He's making sure that men are prepared to be parents. And that's why we're actually having this show so that we can be able to help kids and help parents that are dealing with issues that they're dealing with because of the kid on the inside of them. Yep. Now, it is so important about what you said because if you don't do that, then it's almost like you're walking blindly. Yep. And I know me, and I, I'm just being honest, when I became a parent, I didn't have a book, I didn't have any instructions. All I could go by is what I saw my parents do and maybe some of what my friends did. And that's not always the best example. Not always, no. Because if they made mistakes, then you're potentially going to make those what? Those same mistakes. You're going to make those same mistakes. <laughs> yep. And a lot of parents, and I, I say this with all respect, a lot of parents, we think, I thought that if I just fed my child, uh, gave them a place, a nice place to stay, sent them to school, then everything is good. Yeah, no, that's not how it works, right? That's not how it works. Life happens. <laughs> how does it work? Wouldn't it be great if it was that easy? But it's not that easy. No, no, life happens. And so a lot of times when you're trying to provide for the kid, the kid's going through certain situations where, you know, they're trying, we, we've all been kids, we understand, you know, certain things come up and we're like, okay, well, I have to make this decision. Will I go left or right? Right. Um, and then when you're making that decision, all these things come back to your mind. Well, if I do this, I know if I do this, this might turn out this way, but let me see what this looks like over here. Right, right. And, and it comes from that foundation that you've always talked about that, you know, if you make enough of these decisions to say, I know that if I make this decision, this right here will turn out well. It might not turn out perfect. It might not turn out the way I want it to because you know, I have needs and wants myself. Right. And so I want to do this with all the rest of my friends, but I know I need to just sit at home and study because I know what the outcome of me studying is. But again, it comes from emulating the people that you've seen before. So my kids have watched me sit and study for a test for work before. Yes. You know, they've watched me get up and go work out. My daughter um, you hear that? They have watched him. He has set that example. They have watched him. Yep. yep. They watched me get up, take them to school, go to work, leave school, leave work early to grab them from school, or leave work early to get to one of their, you know, school uh, plays or whatever. So that's one of those things that, as parents, sometimes we need to understand that, you know, this this work. Even though they might be pushing and pulling me, I need to take a step back and let these people know, hey, my family comes first. Yes. You know, my, my job, I work for the government. We have offices in, in all 50 states. I've had the opportunities to apply for positions away from Dallas before. But again, understanding what I went through as a kid with my father not being close to me. Decided, uh, I, can, I can hold off on a promotion. Let me ask you this. How important is it that when you... You get your child and they're in the car with you, or either you take them to an event. They're with you, but there's no conversation. How does that work? I don't know if we've had situations like that. Mom, put it like this: when they teenagers, typically they don't they don't talk to you that much. Right, right. <laughs> right. But um, my my kids have started to open up to where that we do have conversations on a regular. My daughter would ask me some random question about something that I probably couldn't answer. 
even if I Googled it, right? Like, Dad, what if you were a frog? <laughs> How would you drive, right? <laughs> but my sons are asking me different questions at this point now. So they're asking me about... How work. old are your sons? Um, 15 to 19. Uh-huh. And so they're asking me these questions about work and... Um, you know, health insurance, life insurance, and stuff like that. Like, right. we're having questions about, okay, well, I did this because this was what I planned to do, and this was what my planned outcome would be, and this is what I thought would be best for you guys. And so, yeah, you have those conversations, but I think that's, as a parent, you have to learn to foster, you know, an environment where they feel comfortable enough to talk to you. And so even, I told you guys before. And things like investments and future, you know, because they don't get that in school. No, they don't. My kids right now, they have, have IRAs. Um, but that's not common, right? That's no, it's not common. It's not common. It it's, is definitely not the norm. But they have an I and a what? I, they, they have IRAs. They have an IRA. <laughs> yeah. Good for them. Yeah. But it, again, it's, it's small, but it's a foundation that I want them to understand that, hey, this is what you do in order to have another stream of income as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, There's I, granddad again. I, again, yes. I cut back on some of the things that I want to do. I Yes, I travel. Yes, I go to certain places and have fun. But there's some things that I can't do. I just got a new car uh, this last August. I've had my same truck since I got to Texas uh, since 2006. And that's mainly because I wanted to make sure that the little extra money that I could have put on a truck put to the side for them. So. You sound like my old son. <laughs> he drove his car, I think, over 10 years. Yeah. But he was going to school to be an attorney and now he's an attorney and he's bought two different yeah. vehicles. Yeah. But he, the number one things investors tell you is drive your cars as long as you yeah. can. Keep them as long as you can. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, that value of the car, you know, is going to depreciate as soon as you get it. So, um, buying a new car all the time just to you know i guess if you want to impress wanna, people Im- <laughs> right because you you're going to send the car but, one way or another right so but you're <laughs> but you're the one that's going to get the bill every month <laughs> right. so and then and you'd be like oh six hundred dollars yep. seven hundred dollars yeah but i want you to go younger okay so when think about when you were younger what questions did you have and did you did you ask your parents or did you a lot of what I'm hearing a lot on this show is that, and it was more so on the negative side, is that uh, the last young man was here said that he felt like he was in a bubble mm-hmm. and he really didn't talk. Anger yeah. came out. Yeah. So talk about that. So yeah, so I typically, I wouldn't talk to my parents about um, most of my issues. My father would talk about things and I learned from them if he talked about a certain subject. You waited until he just was just having a conversation. Having a conversation. If I if I called dad up or from in Buffalo for the summer or for Christmas break or whatever, mm-hmm. we talk about specific things or different issues. Right. Um, but it wasn't where it's not until like I became older where I felt like I could actually reach out to him and have these certain conversations about things that might be going on. Like right. Hey, Dad, I got an issue with this girl. What do I do? Right. 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 Exactly. <laughs> Dad, I got an issue at job, you know, or, or, or whatever. Like, no. Like, I, I remember um, I had an issue with my first job at McDonald's, and they wanted me to shave. I hadn't shaved until that point. Mm. Um, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to shave. Like, I don't, you know, my uncle, one of my uncles was like, never put a razor to your face because your face ain't, it's not meant to use, you can use clippers or you can use nair, but don't put, you'll start having bumps. So I was like, I'm not gonna do this. Right. I didn't talk to any of my parents, either one of my parents. I talked to one of my best friends and I ended up doing it at that point, but I, I, shortly after I wouldn't, I didn't work there for too much longer, but it was two, three, <laughs> two or three hairs. Nobody could see it. Wow. <laughs> I don't think anybody should have the right to tell you how you should wear your hair, your facial hair, anything. Yeah, so it, it wasn't, he tried to put it as a health issue, but it wasn't a health issue at that point. It's him uh, having control. So me going through that, now luckily enough I've been able to create that situation with my son. Where he's had, having issues at work, he'll come and reach out to me. So luckily enough, 
<laughs> I went through those things and I've been able to foster that environment with them and so you, they feel comfortable enough to come to me. And I think that's what it's all about, making your child feel comfortable enough to come and open up to you. Because either they shut down yep. or they go talk to a friend. Or they now they have their phones and they can Google yes. sometime incorrect information about how to solve a problem. And, you know, hopefully you can get to them before they do that. Because, yeah, all the information they want to or they might not want yes. is in the palm of their hands. Yes. Yeah. And yep. you can, when it comes to a friend, a friend may advise you correctly or they may advise you incorrectly. Yeah, because a lot of times they're offering a, operating off the limited information yeah. they have as well. Because yeah. most of the time they're the same age you are, so... And the other thing you got to think about, too, is your friends come from all different households with... We different. don't know what kind of situations mm -hmm. are in their household, so we don't know what kind of information they're bringing us. Yep. It may be way wrong information yep. based on what their idea of okay is or what life is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is wonderful. It is great. It is awesome to have someone such as yourself to sit in our presence, to have had a positive solid foundation on being raised parents there uh, grandparents there aunts, uncles uncles <laughs> I mean just a really good family unit that is wonderful so what, it, what, what you've shown today is that when you have that negative environment when you have don't have that positive foundation because tell me if I'm wrong a lot of times, if your parents, if they're alcoholics, you're subject to be what? An alcoholic. An, an alcoholic. Yep. If your parents did drugs, you're subject, subject to, to do be drugs as well. yep. do drugs as well. So it is being proven, and it has been proven, that parents, you are key. Very key. Key. And this young man has proven it, and, he, and you've proven it in a positive way. Because the child that's on the inside of you, when you when you see that child and you feel that child on the inside of you, you had everything that you needed. I state that all the time. Um, typically, what you you know hear and see in society is about the black male being missing in the home. Yes. And I tell my father all the time, I appreciate him for what he did, but the reason he did that is because of the way our family is set up. My grandfather is heavily involved. There's no way in the world that, well, was heavily involved before he passed, but there's no way in the world that either my father or my uncles could parent children, have children, and not be in their lives. He wouldn't allow that. Mm. And so, and, and to, to honest, the way my father is, I don't know if my father could, could actually live without being a parent. Because that's the one thing I know. Like I said, he's he's operated off of the information that he's known as a father. But to be the father that he was, he was a great father. Always present. Like I said, every graduation that I had, when I graduated from high school, he was that's there. That's wonderful. Graduated from undergrad, he came down there. When I graduated from grad school, he, he flew down here. He partied with me. It <laughs> <laughs> become a big celebration in family yeah. units when they're, you know, when your kid amazing. or your grandchild is moving up like that. Yep. It's like everybody's there for that celebration. Yep. And it's important to encourage greatness. Yep. You know, you so, made it. You did something I didn't do. Yep. I'm proud of you. Yep. Mm -hmm. So those are the, those are the things that I, I would like for you to show the audience oh. your books before okay. we run out of time because mm -hmm. I think it's important that they see what you've been doing. Yeah, so this one right here is London Knows Her Sight Words that we talked about earlier. Um, and I, I try to, tried to make it as a conversation that my daughter and I was having. Um, just about her learning learning those important words that are going to be the building box, blocks of literacy. Um, this is my oldest son, Des the Swimmer. It's a story about him teaching himself and his brother how to, how to swim, but also um, some, one of the things that he goes through on his swim team. Exciting. Um, when he was in high school. And this I want to read that. <laughs> and this is Sean's summer job. Um, my middle son, who we call the hustler of the family, um, he 
has bugged us several times about doing a lemonade stand. Um, and he did at one at one of the houses we were at, and this was the one he did at um, the second home that we had. And uh, just kind of his idea and how we got to it, him begging me for some money and me telling him go. Like, he, I think there's still a YouTube video of the commercial that they did. Oh, really? Asking Aww. for seed money. So, yeah, a couple of, we. I mean, we, we turned it into a big ordeal. A couple of my friends, you know, I put it out there. Hey, he wants to start a lemonade stand. He needs seed money. Good day. Um, <laughs> That's so much fun. Yeah. So, we, we've had fun with all those stories. Again, my daughter always argues that her story isn't 100% authentic, but... I mean, it's just one of those things. We they don't remember everything. <laughs> but you said she's gotten better since oh, yeah. you wrote that book. Yeah, since I wrote this, I think she, it's it's helped boost her confidence. Um, and then her seeing other kids with the book. Cause some about of my friends, her. Yeah, some of my friends <laughs> have sent pictures about it. And, I mean, school's about to start again now, so I'm going to get it out to some of our older teachers. And awesome. uh, she'll have it there at school as well. So, yeah. Well, they do have the book fairs in school. You might ought to get your books into the school book fairs. That That's what some, uh, July and I have talked about. Um, mm-hmm. On top of Black to Life, we're throwing book fairs where instead of the kids having to buy books, they can just get them for free. Oh, and so we'll give wonderful. them out to students. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. No, now, you mentioned one last thing. You mentioned a fourth book. Yes. <laughs> so, the fourth book. I'll be listening. <laughs> that's a poetry book. Um, and actually, I did it, like I said, around 12 years ago. Um, and I did it just for my parents. That was the goal. I started talking to some friends about it. And they were like, well, do this, do this. And it actually ended up becoming a book where I published it. I have an ebook online right now. It's called The Maturation of Michael Merriweather. But what I did was I printed two copies out, mailed them to both of my parents, and then went on vacation for a week. And they couldn't reach me. So when I got back, I'm getting voicemails. Got <laughs> <laughs> to make sure they read it. Got to give them time to read it. State the name of it again. It's called The Maturation of Michael Merriweather Jr. Maturation of Michael Merriweather yeah. Jr. So all of my books are available on uh, Amazon. And like I said, thankful enough. Um, Trail Tunes was able to illustrate them. Um, I had a friend who does the editing, and she now edits all the books. Chanel Amos, she edits my books, all my friends' books now. Because I mean, the process of getting a book on Amazon is so tedious. It's like, look, I don't know that stuff. I go to the people that do know it. So, yes. <laughs> I love that you involve your children in your books. Oh, I yeah. think that's a that's great idea. And not only does this young man have four books, but he also has counterparts. That has written books as well. Yeah, yeah. Jelani, like I said, the CEO of Black to Life, he's written books. Uh, he's co-written, co-authored a book with um, Rob Houston um, now, who's the CEO of Cop, Cop Cares, another nonprofit that we work closely with. So, um, one of the we all realized that need um, to have these characters that look like us and that look like our children. So important. And so that's, you know, if you see a problem, one way to solve it is by... Hey, don't <laughs> tell actually, somebody else about it. You yeah, do something yeah. about it. Right, exactly. Exactly. So it's been fun. It's been fun. Go ahead and give that number out. So we have a couple of numbers that we try to always get out on every show because mental health is one of the number one topics that we cover. The first one, and I just recently found this, I didn't even know it was out there. There is a teen lifeline. It's a suicide and mental crisis prevention line that you can call and you will actually talk to your peers, people your age, that will help you work through your crisis. Their number is 817-281-9900. The next one is our new mental health hotline, and this is nationwide. They mimicked it after the 911 pro- program by calling it 988. It's a suicide and crisis hotline. I think it's a great idea. When someone's in crisis, they don't need to be looking for a number. Right. 988. That's all you got to remember. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, we're about to come to the end of the show. I just want to tell Mr. Merriweather that we have thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed you you. yes we have and i just love the excitement when i invited you and i want you to know that the invitation is extended we're going to have you back again and we also want some of your counterparts to come back as well (laughs) so we can share what you guys are doing and uh we do want to put your information up on our facebook page and also it's going to be on our 
uh, website okay. as soon as that is finished as well. All right. So I want to give you the last word. Uh, go ahead and say to the audience, and if you want to give any shout-outs, you can do that as well. Okay, okay. No, um, if you can, definitely connect with um, Black to Life. Um, our website is www.black2life.org. Um, and we're on all social medias. We're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. We try to share as much as we can. Um, but the nonprofits that we mainly work with, um, and I'm probably going to forget a few, so people, please forgive me, but um, Oak Cliff Veggie Project, um, which is managed by Ples Montgomery, um, they pass out food um, for Oak Cliff, huge nonprofit in South Dallas. Um, they do several things in the community and actually have... Um, that old YMCA um, in South Dallas um, off of Loop 12. Um, Cop Cares, run by Rob Houston, is a nonprofit as well that does plenty of things for the homeless and students and educators. Um, Jaden Cares is another nonprofit. So um, it, it's, it's been great uh, being here in Dallas these past five years and in this nonprofit uh, space. And we're lucky enough to have um, even uh, natural resources ran by a friend, Brandon Watts. Um, as well so um, all of these people will definitely be getting in touch with you very very soon well thank you so much again and a shout out to Miss Rhonda Willingham to thank for you Miss Rhonda possible with make it count <laughs> yes. after taking care of the homeless yes yes all right well people we will see you all next time and thank you for tuning in to it's all about kids and the kid that's in you good night <laughs>